Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome back. Today, I am so excited we're going to pick up and continue with part two of looking at the working genius paradigm created by Patrick Lencioni and his team at The Table Group. If you're not familiar with Patrick Lencioni's other books and resources, you want to check those out as well. He has written a number of bestsellers, has demonstrated proven success with organizations for over 25 years, and has a wealth of information about organizational health and human relationships and dynamics and how those work together to create viable, long-lasting organizations that achieve their purpose. Last week, we just started looking into the working genius paradigm, and we're going to pick up with that, and we're going to dive a little deeper into that this week. So there'll be some information in the show notes about theworkinggenius.com, the book, the podcast, the assessment that you can take. Again, I don't have a personal stake in any of this. It's a fantastic resource that I want you as a Christian school leader or educator to know about. All right, let's dive in with part two. Now, because education operates on this conveyor belt model, this age-driven conveyor belt model, which I've talked about in some previous episodes, there are inherent weaknesses that schools have that are hidden because of this age-driven conveyor belt model. So you can have a much longer period of time elapse in a school setting when something is not working and when you actually see the effects of that than would be allowed in a business that was producing widgets. If you have a staff meeting and let's say 80% of your teachers have the working genius of enablement and galvanizing. They can be very put off by the other 20% whose gifts are maybe wonder and invention because they're going to walk away thinking, you know, they just have all these ideas and why can't they just go with what has been proven to work? We know this works. Why do they always have to come in with these wacky ideas and all this stuff that we haven't tried before? And it just seems like it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to be a lot of trouble. It's going to cost a lot of money. These people just don't know what it is to actually really be effective in the classroom. But if you don't have those people, you don't have those teachers who are gifted in wonder and invention, for example, then what will end up resulting is people just continue to perpetuate doing the same thing year after year after year, even though if we look at our educational models here, On the whole in the United States, that's exactly what's been happening for decades, and our educational models are not aligned with what actually happens and prepares students, not just for college, but but for life. I mean, we're even seeing this at the collegiate level, where more and more people are saying, hey, wait a minute, colleges, you're not preparing students to be able to go out and to live in the society and the culture and the economic system that we now have. And so as an institution, if you have people that have all of these different types of working geniuses and there is a language for that so that people can understand and appreciate and value 
all of these components, then your school has a tremendous advantage in not falling prey to the, well, let's just kind of keep doing what we know works, even though how you define what works may actually not prove true for the students down the road. Understanding the working genius paradigm isn't just valuable for your organization, it's also valuable for the individuals in your organization. Let's say you have a teacher whose working genius is enablement and invention. These teachers are going to be coming up with all kinds of great ideas about how they can make teaching real and relevant and bring it to life in the classroom and for the students. They're also going to be teachers who really want to walk alongside students and parents. They're going to not be bothered by the questions and the emails and the phone calls because they're going to be operating in their gift. But let's say their working frustration is wonder and tenacity. They shouldn't be called on to be the people who can just imagine all of the what-ifs. They're like, I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around trying to do that. And they may also be the instructors who really need either some practical help and assistance, offloading of some of their tasks, or just a whole lot of cheering and encouragement when it comes to the tenacity parts of their job. I think one of the greatest gifts that so many administrators could give to their staff and also their students would be hire somebody who just grades papers. Now, I know that can't be possible for every single subject, but there are definitely subject areas where you don't need the instructor to have to grade every single homework assignment. They could get a synopsis and a report of how the students were doing. And teachers who are able to identify, as well as board members and administrators and deans who are able to identify and understand, oh, these are my working geniuses. These are the things that I love. These are the things that frustrate me. They're going to be able to become better in their position, and they're going to be able to become more self-aware, and that's going to help them in their life. One of the beauties of the whole working genius paradigm is it doesn't just apply to, quote, my work as in a very narrow definition of my life and my career. It's about who I am from the inside out, not just how I respond to different types of career fields. So if a person doesn't have a working genius of tenacity in their profession, they're not going to have a working genius of tenacity at home which is why they're going to be the person who has the attic that collects things and never actually really gets cleaned out. Because what's that job about? It doesn't take a whole lot of wonder and invention and galvanizing to necessarily go upstairs and clean out the attic. Okay, well, it does take galvanizing. But you don't have to sit there and wonder a whole lot. I, I wonder what it would be like if, if the attic was clean. I mean, there's, that's only going to go so far. But tenacity is going to be what is required to actually open those boxes, open those crates, look in those containers, make the decisions about what's going to get kept and where it's going to go and what's not going to get kept. And if you don't have the gift of tenacity, that attic is just going to get piled up more and more and more. But if you recognize, you know what, I don't have that gift, so I need to stop carrying around the guilt for this. And what I need to do is to say, all right, so I need a plan here. 
I need to bring somebody along with me who can galvanize me to go up there and to do the work that only I can do. If there's other things that can be cleaned out, I'm going to offload that to somebody else. I'll hire somebody. I'll bribe in, in the very best way. One of my grandkids, whatever. But rather than carrying around all of this guilt, because why can't I just be so enthusiastic about going up there and cleaning out the attic? Well, if your gift is discernment and invention, what's going to thrill you about going up and cleaning out the attic? Nothing. Now, the point here is not that we just find ways to escape from ever having to do anything that is in our areas of working frustration, but rather to identify and to know, okay, these are the areas that just give me great joy. They are going to not just take energy from me. They are actually going to energize me. Okay, these are the areas that I can do. I can do pretty well. And I, I can have some level of, of energy from this, but it's kind of a wash for me. It's not going to be really what I'm going to be happy to report to at the end of the day about what I accomplished. And then when we understand those frustrations that we have, those things that we would just rather eat broccoli, cauliflower, pineapple pizza before we would actually go do, no offense if that's your favorite pizza combination, then we are able to say, how can I orchestrate my life so that most of my time is invested in doing those things that align with my geniuses? Where do I need to be prepared to know? I'm going to deal, deal with my competence here and spending as little of our time as we can without becoming total selfish jerks who just offload everything else because we don't want to have to grow up. But where can I actually minimize the time that I spend in those areas that are a working frustration for me? Again, it's not because they're bad. They're somebody else's genius. And this is the beauty of recognizing this paradigm and bringing it into application is because then we can see, oh, you know, that teacher who always shows up at the meetings and always has the questions about, well, why is that the way that we are doing things? Why can't we do it this way? Well, I'm not sure that's going to work. Well, I'd love to be able to try it this way. That doesn't need to frustrate us. We need to see that person probably has the genius of discernment, and that's why they are asking those questions. And then that teacher needs to be able to look across the table and to see somebody else who's so rah, 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 we can do this. Come on, guys, we got this. Let's go. Cheer, cheer, cheer. And to not see them as being flighty or airheaded, but to see, hey, you know what? They probably have the genius of galvanizing. And we need that person so that we can actually work through the obstacles that are here or that are going to come. If a board is looking for somebody who's going to be an idea generator, they don't need to hire an administrator whose gifts are going to be enablement and tenacity. That gift of tenacity is going to help to be able to push things through to the finish line, but they're not going to be the person who's coming back to the board with all of these new ideas. And conversely, if the board wants somebody who's just going to implement the programs that have been put in place, maintain the policies, don't look for things new, pretty much just keep the status quo. We've got a good thing going here. We know what we're doing. We want you to be here more as an, as an implementer of the decisions that we make. Then don't hire somebody who's working geniuses 
are discernment and invention. It's never going to be a good fit. You know, in the early church, in the book of Acts chapter 12, there's a situation that came up and it's brought to the apostles, the the 12 apostles. And the issue was that there were widows who were not Jewish, but they were Christians. And they were saying, hey, when it's time for the distribution of food and and other necessities, because these were people in impoverished situations, we're being treated second class. We're being left out. Our needs aren't being attended to because we're not Jewish. And it was a legitimate complaint. Well, when that's brought to the apostles, they say, okay, well, here's the thing. We're not going to stop teaching the word of God to serve tables. Doesn't that sound kind of arrogant? Like, I'm sorry, we are too busy doing really important things over here to come wait on you and to make sure that you have food and the distribution of what's going on with our, to help with poverty and to help with needs. I mean, at face value, it seems like that, but they're not saying we're too good for that. No, no, no. What they're saying is, We recognize the importance of staying in our lane, of staying in our calling and in our giftings. We have not been called to be overseers of the social welfare program. We have been called to be teachers of the Word of God. Now, they don't just stop there. What they do is they say, okay, we're going to give you some instructions so that this need can be met. They weren't diminishing the need by saying we're not the people to address it. What they were saying is we know this is a need and the way that we're going to address it is we are going to give you the instructions so that you can appoint the proper appropriate people so that they can address this need because they're going to be living and acting in accordance with their calling and with their gifting. And this is going to allow us to stay in our lane and to keep operating in our callings and our giftings. The working genius paradigm provides you with a powerful resource to be able to identify the geniuses, the gifts, and the strengths that people in your organization have so that everybody can be placed in a position where their abilities, their working geniuses, will be put to the best use for themselves as individuals and for the organization. So how does this work? Well, first of all, there's a website, workinggenius.com. And on that website, there is an assessment that you can take. This assessment is only $25. Trust me, they could charge so much more for this assessment. But they have intentionally kept the price this low in order to make this available to anyone who wants to take this assessment. You take the assessment online, you get a comprehensive report that shows you here are your two working geniuses, your working competencies, and your two working frustrations. And they don't just tell you the titles, they give you specific information that's relevant to you. There's also a Working Genius podcast, and I definitely recommend that because there's no way in an assessment or in the book by itself that you're going to be able to know 
everything that you need to know about understanding and applying this paradigm. And lastly, you have the book, The Six Types of Working Genius, A Better Way to Understand Your Gifts, Your Frustrations, and Your Team. And Patrick writes this book in the same style that he's written several of his books, which is he writes the the dominant part of the book is written as a fable. It's written as a story so that you're able to enter in and to see how this whole paradigm came about and then how it actually works out in a real life simulated situation. And then in the back of the book, he switches styles and then he moves into a more traditional nonfiction type of writing where he walks through the specifics of understanding these geniuses and its application. So again, I highly recommend have everybody in your organization, I don't mean your students and I don't mean parents, but have your staff, your board, your administrator, your teachers, have them take the assessment. It is professional development dollars well spent. Check out Working Genius Podcast. Get the book, The Six Types of Working Genius. And again, all of this is on the the website, workinggenius.com. By the way, I have no connection to the working genius. I don't make a cent off of any of this. I just know that this is a fantastic resource that can help you to have a sustainable, vibrant, effective, educational organization, whether you are serving 25 students or 2,500 students. Coming up in some other episodes, you're going to be hearing a two-part interview that I conducted with Reverend Daryl Jones, president of the Herzog Foundation. So we have a great conversation that talks about the Herzog Foundation and its many tremendous resources and ways that it is serving to advance Christian education here in the United States. So you're not going to want to miss that. Hey, if you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button. That makes a huge difference so that you don't miss a single episode. Because again, it's true. There's just one idea, one insight, one resource that you can hear about on a podcast. You can get through the Three Keys newsletter that can make all the difference between good, better, and best that can help you solve real problems in a timely way So things don't just have to drag on forever, or you don't miss opportunities about things that you don't know about right now. So remember this, my friend, you have an impact that truly is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, Learn yourself, love God, and live connected.